With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in, and welcome to August. Tis a great time of year. Not the best month of sports. We're two months away from that, but a pretty damn good one, and one that all of us have been waiting for. We will have football beginning as early as 7 o'clock tonight, so nine hours from now. Sure, it's preseason, but it's football. Speaking of football, Iowa State is a mere moments away from uh, starting their football media days. We'll have Alex Halstead. He's going to join us here, interrupt his media day to join us uh, at about 10.25 or thereabouts, and appreciate his willingness to do so. Uh, Chris Level, oh, I should do the show in order, should I not, Trent Condon? That'll help. That'll help. How good. are you? I'm good. Yes. I, I want to get to the Twins in a second. Ah. As I liked what they did yesterday, but we'll get to that in a second, as the trade deadline was it was really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially yeah. right yeah. around uh, when uh, when it hit the fan at 3 o'clock. Uh, it was kind of slow leading up to that in a lot of ways, but man, oh man, boom, all of a sudden, just kept fast and furious. One major trade after another. We'll do some of that. But uh, Stanford Steve is going to join the program at 1045. What a great, and I'm anxious to, you know, as much as, you know, know, pick his brain and, you know, who do you like? (laughs) What do you hear? And we will do that. Can you give me one winner? (laughs) Um, But I just want, what a a way to make a living, right? His story is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Played tight end at uh, at Stanford. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on the team. He didn't play a lot, looking at his statistics. He was still. a national recruit. He was somebody that almost everybody in the country wanted out, out of Connecticut. Correct. High Went school, all the way across the country. Tight end, coming out of Connecticut, yep. goes to Stanford. Yeah, doesn't play a lot. Right. Doesn't put up big numbers. you got to decide what you're going to do. Yeah. Because the NFL is not part of the future. No, it wasn't. And it took him a while, but he got the ESPN. And uh, I wonder who gave him his first break. Was it Russillo or was it Van Pelt? Van Pelt's always been into the you know the bad beats, the numbers, those type of things. Uh, but Stanford, Stephen, thank you to our friend Zuba Mahentes, we should mention, for facilitating this. So we'll have Stanford, Steve, at 1045. It's tough to get people on Media Day when you're sitting on uh, 2141 Grand Avenue and Media Day is part, uh, taking place in Ames. But I wanted to do a Big 12 segment in the uh, 11 o'clock hour. And our friend Chris Level, who was so gracious to us. I mean, Texas Tech is in the Final Four, and he's finding time for us. Chris Level is. And again, if uh, I best way to describe him, he's Eric Heft for Texas Tech. Yeah, he's, yeah. What Eric is to Iowa State, Chris Level is to Texas Tech. But I want to get his perspective on the conference overall, and we'll do that about 11.15. And then Mark Morehouse will join us in his regular slot on a Thursday. We'll do some Big Ten. We'll do some Iowa with Mark at uh, 11.35. Trade deadline was terrific, Trent. Um, I, I like Dyson coming over from San Francisco. Yeah. I thought the Twins were you know, going to take the day off. <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of Twins fans thought the same thing. But when they reached out and they grabbed him, this guy, not a lot of people know, look at those numbers. He's really good. 
He's really good. He is a power sinker ball pitcher. He is one of the elite guys in getting ground balls. Good thing for a reliever, maybe coming in with a guy on and a couple of guys on and one out and you need a double play. He is that kind of guy. He has been dominant. And after mm-hmm. coming back from an injury, what, four years ago, he has been among the best relievers. Uh, a guy that I know I brought up to you at one point. Now, we were talking about the whole Giants team. At no, that but time. I remember him because I knew Dyson's body, not his body of work, but I know that, um, that he was a good player. And, I, and yes, you did bring him up. He is a, uh, a player that certainly is going to help this bullpen in a big way. You can do him, you can use him in a lot of different roles. He's been a closer before, so the moment's not going to be b- too big with that. And, I'm kind of liking this bullpen now. We talked about Sergio Romo and watching him throw frisbees yeah, yeah. in that first game against Miami. He's really fun, but the bullpen went from an absolute train wreck to better, way serviceable. Better. Right. I know you wanted a lefty, mm-hmm. uh, and, yes. that, and that didn't happen, and I don't know if they were in on one or not. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought that they plugged some holes. Look, they, they can mash, right? They're going to hit balls yes. out of ballparks. That's the beauty of this Twins team. And the good news is is they do that because Houston got a whole lot better yesterday, I thought. Joe Biagini's a bullpen guy. Aaron Sanchez is a guy that's fought fingernail problems for the last couple of years. Really? It's time after time. He's he's on the DL. He's got a split in his fingernail. He can't grip the baseball. I thought he was going to be the Jays' best pitcher for a lot of his career. Um, so I think they've got something there, but I know that the, the Granky thing was the was the move that reverberated. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not as all in on him as some are. I mean, good numbers, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um but Houston got better yesterday. There's no there's no getting around it. Whether Granky's what he used to be or not, he's still a pretty good damn good player. That curveball is as good as yep. you're going to find. Uh I saw that number. Did you see that? It was batting average against a certain type of pitch from each pitcher. It's the lowest in baseball, his curveball. Mm. Opponents batting 069. Jesus. Lay off it. Against the curveball from Zach Greinke. That and Verlander and Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Pretty salty. Miley. And an offense that has been banged up a lot mm-hmm. of this year. Mm-hmm. If they're healthy come playoff time, you're in trouble. It's going to be a hell of a race to the American League. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm wondering if the one of the losers yesterday on trade deadline day were Dodger fans. Because what looked like a, you know, just a march to a World Series, regardless who comes out, because they didn't do anything, and they didn't have a lot of holes to plug. No. Let's be honest. Yeah, but um, Houston got better, the Twins got better, the Yankees really. The Yankees are good. They, they get their guys back. They'll get better. Um, American League, I don't think is going to be. Well, I should. I'll put it this way: the National League representative, which most feel is going to be the Dodgers, I don't think is the complete cinch anymore that I did prior to going into yesterday. All right. So the Cubs also made some moves. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of Detroit play this year. I'm not going to lie to you, but Castellanos is a guy that leads the American League in doubles. Offensively challenged this Cubs team, and they were last night again. Although they put a two spot boy, the the professor last night, he was really oh, good. He's you know he's 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 Greg Maddox light, right? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. he is. Yep, and he's so fun to watch pitch. He is such a uh, a craftsman on the mound. He's never he's not going to blow you away with. You know, ninety mid nineties fastballs, but movement on his pitches and painting corners and moving in and moving out and movement on the baseball. He baffled those Cardinal hitters last night. He was really good. But Cardinal being Cubs fans, I guess get used to this. Think back to what it was like when Rod Beck was coming into a game, right? And his yeah. hair was on fire. Yes. And he's going to put a couple of guys on. There's going to be some three and two counts, and he <laughs> might or may not get out of it. This is seemingly what Kimball is. Any more? 
we talked about late last season. That's what prior he was. to the prior to the World Series. Yes. That's what he was. Yes. Late in the regular season, yep. in those first uh, couple of playoffs, especially late in the NL. Was it? No, no the uh, the CS. Yeah, yeah. The the championship series, American League championship. He, he yes. was. He lost his gig for a while there. Remember that? And he's out there, and he does that goofy, yeah. just stand before. Well, you the know guy. what it was. Um, and I was not forced. By the way, I was glad I was. My only option was the Cardinals broadcast last night. Something a little different? Better than I remember it being. McLaughlin? Ricky Horton, yeah, Dan McLaughlin, by the way, and, yeah. and I'm not, this is, um, I'm not getting any joy, and I hope I'm wrong. He looks sick. Oh, really? I didn't even recognize him. Hmm. He's lost a hundred plus pounds. He looks, he looks sickly is what he looks. Oh, huh, interesting. I didn't know who it was. I mean, Ricky Horton is the color. Around. They're not bad, Trent. They're yep. not bad. It's a, they're, uh, they're better than I remember. And maybe, so perhaps it was, it just couldn't take whoever was working with, with, with McLaughlin. And I was always a kind of a Tim McCarver fan mm-hmm. just because he's Tim McCarver, right? Yeah. He's we, been we, on my TV forever. We break off on that. I one. know you do. And, and, and it's just because I'm old. And if I was young and didn't grow up with McCarver listening to him all the time. Yeah. I don't want these old guys to be, you know, pushed, uh, taken out to pasture, put out to pasture. I Mike Shannon, keep him around. He, he, no. He no. sounds like he's a couple of Budweiser's ins by the end yeah, of the game. In, indeed. But uh, it was pretty good to broadcast. But they brought, they pointed it out last night. Kimbrell, once he gets past 10 or 12 pitches, mm-hmm. his velocity just drops off the cliff. Really? You know, if he, when he first comes in, he's throwing 95, 96, 97. And by 10 or 11 pitches in, he's 92, 93, and he stays around 92, 93. Um, but it was a, it was a um, torn muscle that caused Kimbrell to, you know, he's, he's got that arm dangling to the side kind of, you know, in a 90 degree angle, if you will. Um, but that was, that, that was based on trying to get over an injury, why he does that. But man, oh man, big win for the Cubs yesterday. Yep. Brewers won. What a race this is going to be. And we're treated to uh, game three of this, uh, three game set tonight. It's an early start. 6-10, I think. It is, yes. It'll be an early start. So the Cubs at least did something. At least they're trying. No, you got to give them credit. What for about that. the Cardinals? Didn't do a thing. And here's the thing. I'm glad I, you mentioned that. I want to go back to the broadcast. Ricky Horton and Dad McLaughlin for team announcers mm-hmm. ripping Mosellock and ripping the management uh, of the St. Louis Cardinals because they told their fans that our team is going to dictate what we do at the trade deadline. We're going to come out of the break, and if they come out of the break playing well, we will do everything within our power to make this team better. Didn't do a thing. Didn't do a damn thing. What does that say to the clubhouse? What does that say to the manager, uh, to Mike Schilt and his coaching staff? Didn't do a thing. You go into the final day of the deadline that afternoon with a one-game lead in your division. Right. And you don't do anything. After promising you would. A team that has had a depleting, depleted staff all season long. Mm -hmm. We've talked about, hey, maybe Reyes will be able, Reyes hasn't been able to after he punched a wall before the year and it's been a disaster for him. Michael Walker's back in the rotation. Walker's back in there after being awful. I mean, just as bad as you're going to find for about a three week stretch Mm -hmm. back in there because they don't have options. Yep. I mean, if there was ever a time to go out and do something, time is now. Or was. The mission is there. Yes. (laughs) It is there for the taking and to do to do nothing, not even bring in a bench bat, a bullpen, mm. or just show something. Right. I understand you don't want to mortgage your future, especially for a guy like I just mentioned, a bench guy 
you don't want to mortgage your future, but come on. There were deals to be had. There were plenty of teams Windows selling to do open nothing. in 2019 for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh. Coming up on 1015, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. So good day of baseball. Uh, Barrios, you put him in your, uh, in your update. Mm-hmm. Man, he was dealing last night. <laughs> I get it's the Marlins, right? It, it I get is, it's yeah. the Marlins, but boy, oh boy, he had them completely baffled. When he is there, you know, that's another thing. Back to the Twins for a moment. The people, do, well, they need another start. They need a frontline start. They have a frontline start. Yes, they do. Jose Barrios, is, when he is playing, pitching yep. his best, yep. is good. Now, you know early on, we've talked about this in the past with Barrios, as you can tell pretty early if he's got it, if mm-hmm. he's just got his best stuff. And if he doesn't, he can battle and he can hang around. But when he's going like oh, that. And the curveball's doing what it yes. does like it did yesterday. Wow. He is a top 10 starting yep. pitcher in the American League. There's your ace. There's your one. Now, going up against three ones that Houston has is a little bit different. But yeah, but that lineup for the Twins, Trent, that's why that's I know that, this is different. It, absolutely. I know that there's a lot of, oh, my God, the Astros, we, we can't overcome that. Look at that lineup that you're going to throw out, that you're going to put out there against those pitchers. Yes, they're very, very good. But the lineup for this Twins team is daunting. It is. Top to bottom, they can rake. Garver hits a homer. That's his 20th. They mm-hmm. got four guys that have 20. but And he'll get the day off today, right? Yes. After, yeah. he, I mean, he's, he's a back part-time back, player. Right? He's, yep. he's a half-time player, mm-hmm. and he's already got 20 home runs. And he was injured with that ankle injury, and he missed, what, three, four weeks right. when he had that. They have another half-dozen guys, though, that are between 14 and 18 home runs. This team, realistically, could have <laughs> 10 players with 20 home runs that's or more this crazy. year. And it's not a stretch at all for no. it to happen. And they got two months left to, to do so. And that's why this this is not the piranhas with Nick Punto right. out there yeah. chopping away. <laughs> they can hit with anybody. You're going to have to score runs. They're going to have to win 8-6 games, 11-10. You're going to have to win like the, the games that they had against the Yankees yes. last week. Find ways to win yeah. those. And now with an improved bullpen, maybe, just maybe, you can get it done. I'm more hopeful than I ever have with the Twins team over the last 25 years. I need to see Oda Rizzi get back to where he was prior to July. And it's I fair. know, yeah, I mean, yep. yes, uh, what did he pitch? What's, what's today? Tuesday. Must have been Tuesday pitch. Yeah. You, you need more from him. You yes. need more from him. But uh, Barrios last night was was absolutely terrific. Pineda was really, has been really good the uh-huh. last six weeks now. He's not going to be able to go out in a playoff game and I don't think get you seven. No. No you, way. You might be, all right, we're counting. But you get, don't have to get on seven anymore because of what, they, what they've the rest, done. Yes. Get, get us four and a third. Get us into the fifth. Not even five to qualify for the win. Get us to the fifth. If he can do that with an improved bullpen, with different options, and the rest that is also built in in the playoffs, maybe, just maybe. I, I am so hopeful for this team. The offense, an improved bullpen, mm-hmm. and enough guys in the rotation. Big win for the Indians last night to keep pace. Big win oh, for the Indians. Boy. That Thought team for won't go away. No, they, they won't. It doesn't matter who they play. They're finally playing good yep. teams. Yep. They still find ways to win. They do. All right, we got Alex Halstead coming up in about, oh, I don't know, five minutes or thereabouts. So uh, Iowa State football media days, I believe they're just about getting uh, set to get underway. Uh, a season like none other as far as Iowa State football, mm-hmm. Trent. Just the the expectations, the buzz around the program. It's not just buzz coming out of this studio, regardless of what day part it is. It's legit. It's national. It's throughout. It's, it's certainly throughout the Big 12 footprint. 
You're going to hear Stanford Steve, who sits down beside Scott uh, Van Pelt on ESPN. Uh, he's going to sing their praises. He picked them to win the conference. Stanford Steve did. I think it's uh, at seven to one. Uh, there's a lot of love for this Iowa State team. I know that a lot of it's predicated. Okay, if not Oklahoma, Texas, then whom? Uh, and it's Iowa State seems to be that answer. I say don't sleep on Baylor, but it's not Baylor Media Day today. It's Iowa State Media Day today. So we'll keep the focus there. Uh, the question surrounding this team, Trent, is uh, I think the receiver position, I mean, Hakeem Butler led the team with 60 catches last year. Deshante Jones, I thought, was going to be a star before it was all said and done. His sophomore and junior campaigns, I didn't think, lived up to the potential of his freshman campaign, mm-hmm. but now he's in his final go-round. Tariq Milton, you saw enough out of him last year to think they've got something there. It's the unknowns, in my opinion, at the receiver position. It's Sean Shaw and all six foot six of them. It's Petway, who transfers from Arkansas. Skates, who comes in, and you've been you brought him up yes. last, this time last year because he was a guy that, if if everything academically was qualified, he was a full qualifier and everything was good. He'd been Ohio State Buckeye, and this was a Ohio kid that had big time offers, but people started to back away because mm-hmm. of academics. Now he qualified, he got in, mm-hmm. and that's great for Iowa State. And you need sometimes at a program like Iowa State, you need those kind of things, right. the, the guys that you take a chance on, and it works out in terms of talent. This guy might be, certainly out of high school, the most talented guy since Alan Lazard. He's mm. got better numbers, at least offers coming out of high school than Keith Butler did, than yeah. some of those other guys. He he was right. a big-time prospect. The Buckeyes won him. Look at how many uh, receivers, year after year, the yes. Buckeyes send to the league, right? That is incredibly... It yep. just... I guess the offensive line still remains a question. They, they, I guess they're, they're, they they're all back. They're all back. Yeah. But they haven't really dominated. Mm-hmm. Dominated with as much experience that they have. Maybe Tom Manning can help that. I, I think that's going to be a big thing. I know he's not the offensive line coach, right. but to think that he's not going to have his fingers Precisely. on it, come on, give your head a shake. Yep. That's absolutely going to happen. What's the question defensively? Cornerback? Yes. And in the Big 12, that can be scary. It absolutely can. It can, but we saw Young and we saw Johnston and... Mm-hmm. Um, they're not throwing true freshmen out. No, they're 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 throwing out guys that that have played in the past. There's, I think they're stout at safety. I think Eisworth, I think Eisworth's going to have a decision to make after this year. I, I wouldn't be shocked either. I think that's very fair with him. If he if he comes close to duplicating what he did as a sophomore, Trent, this guy's all over the field. Yes, he's a really good player, Mike Rose. I wanted, what he did as a true freshman. I wanted to pose this to you: if Iowa State gets to the title game, the Big Twelve title mm-hmm. game this year. Is Matt Campbell the best coach in Iowa State history? Now, I know Pop see, Warner was there yeah, hundred right. years Earl ago. Bruce was there. In the, see, well, certainly since... I'll just do the 30 years since I've lived okay. here. Well, yes. Because I don't know if I ever watched Iowa State on TV in Canada once. Yes. Right? Well, that means it's not even close. Look, what McCarney did... McCarney deserves a statue. He does. <laughs> He really and truly does. Fifty six and eighty five in his career. Yeah, but and, and saying that, and, I'm, and I want to anoint the guy, right? Yeah, uh, based on those numbers. But he turned the program around. You know, got them to a bowl for the first, won a bowl for God's sakes. Um, and what he did for that program. Same thing, kind of. I mean, Pop Warner, but Earl Bruce, seventies. But but he was he was Earl a record. Bruce. Was here just over five hundred, but there were the teams in the late seventies that when you talk to people that have followed this team forever, uh, guys that are my age that you know mm-hmm. have been, been following this team forever, they will tell you that these teams and that particularly the defense in the seventies, 
That's what this defense this year is shooting for, mm-hmm. is to be as good as they were back then. Now, I have, I have no basis to, you know, to even talk about comparison. I just don't know. They had some dudes, though. Johnny Majors, Earl yeah. Bruce, Donnie yeah. Duncan. Right. It's a pretty good run. Jimmy Johnson was on that yes. coaching staff. Pete Carroll was Pete on Carroll, this coaching yeah. staff. Mac they, Brown. Mac Brown was on that coaching staff. They had some dudes. Uh, we've got our, our dude coming up next. Uh, 1022 here, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. We'll get to Alex Halstead, then to Stanford Steve. In the 11 o'clock hour, Chris Level, more Big 12 conversation from a guy based in Texas. Look forward to catching up with our friend uh, Chris Level. And then Mark Morehouse will join us in his regular segment. We will do some Big 10 with Mark Morehouse in, uh, at about 11.35. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. Don't forget Stanford Steve coming up. We'll get into sports wagering and uh, from his perspective, of course, you see him a lot. Uh, on uh, with Van Pelt. Well, some people do. I'm never up at that time. No. But Trent does. And yes. He's very excited to talk to Stanford Steve. As I am to Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. It's media day for football in uh, in Ames, and Alex gives it a few minutes before it really gets going. Alex, Trent, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing good, yeah, here in Ames at Jack Trice Stadium, and uh, picked a good day for media day. Nice outside. It's actually kind of cool, so it starts to feel like we're actually getting football season, and Last day of this month, Iowa State will be kicking off here. You know what? Uh, my, the media days that I've covered, the one thing that uh, is a constant in all of them is just seeing the field at Jack Trice for the first time. For the first time every year, you know they do such a great job of of, the, of just keeping it in pristine condition and seeing it for the first year. That's when it really, our first time rather, just really to me, kind of sinks in that oh my god, college football's back. Yeah, sometimes you're here during the summer and you walk around and it's. It's not in its tip-top shape because they're doing their different stuff with it and trying to, you know, do all that stuff, especially with the recruiting camps. And then I walked out there today and walked out in a little bit, and it's really plush and very, very green. And you're right, it kind of is kind of the first reminder that football is not very far off. A lot of big questions, certainly, about this team coming into the year. Who replaces the big big stars on offense? I, I think a big part of that. If I gave you a number, Alex, you know I like to play around with numbers a little bit. Will a rusher? You don't have to pick who it is. Will a rusher get to, say, 850 yards this year, a single guy? And secondly, will anybody catch more than 55 balls this year? Where would you go? Not going to have the star power, obviously, without Montgomery on one side and, and of course, what we've seen with Akeem Butler on the other. Yeah, the running back question is a really good one to start. and It's something I've been thinking about here the last few days leading up to media day and something, you know, as we get here deeper into media day here in a bit, I want to dive into with maybe Tom Manning and some others is, you look at 2013, 2014, and 2015, Matt Campbell's last three years at Toledo, all three of those years he had at least two rushers at 700-plus yards. Um, I think there's just one year, there's two other years, actually, of those three that it was 800-plus. And so he's always had these kind of dual-threat backfields, you know, with two guys rushing for seven, 800 yards. And I'm interested to see if that's kind of where this goes now this year, where you don't have a, a complete workhorse like Dave Montgomery that's maybe going to rush for 12, 1,300 yards. So maybe two guys rush for 800 plus. So I think I do think someone maybe reaches that 850 mark, but maybe it's a couple guys that are at 700 plus. Um, so that will be interesting to watch. Uh, the, the other, the other one, the receiver one's really interesting. I think if a guy's going to get a 55 plus, you know, the two guys would obviously be Treat Milton or Deshante Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Jones was 40-plus last year. I could see that because his targets are probably going to increase. Um, my biggest question with Tariq is, you know, is he going to be that kind of guy that as a sophomore they're going to target enough to get to that 55 number? Because, you know, Hakeem Butler got to 60 last yep. year, and uh, that took 108 targets. So are they going to target one of those guys enough um, to get to 55 catches is my big question. Yeah, I think you're on to it, uh, Alex. I don't think that there is going to be somebody that uh, that gets to Trent's um, uh, mythical over-under total of 55. I think Trent would have to adjust that at the Condon Casino very quickly <laughs> as we go on. Um, it's going to be interesting. See, I'm anxious to see that those two names, okay, and I'm with you, Jones and, and Milton, but if not them... Who is going to be that guy? Is Shaw that breakout candidate? Is Petway, who uh, the grad transfer, going to come in and steal a lot of receptions right off the bat? Is Skates going to be a guy that gets his opportunity? Are the tight ends going to be utilized more than we've seen in the past? And sure, Allen was injured last year, and Kohler looks like he could be any kind of player, and I think he's going to be a real good player. But if not the two that you mentioned, whom? Yeah, and, and that's the probably biggest question. I mean, People want to know about the running backs, but they've got five guys back there, and I think a couple of them are going to emerge, and they're going to get the carries, and the carries are going to produce the yards, and that's going to go in tandem with the offensive line. But the big question might be who becomes Brock Purdy's target. You look at the last two seasons, and Iowa State's had five and seven receivers in in those two years who have had 20-plus catches. So you're looking at probably six guys that have to have 20-plus catches this year just when you know two of those guys are Tariq Milton and DeSante Jones, but who are three, four, five, and six, and that's going to come, like you said, from the tight end position. It's going to come from the running back position, and uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. I think well, Michael Petway is one, the guy that had 30 catches last year for uh, 499 yards in the SEC, um, so he's one that jumps off the bat, but I think Sean Shaw is going to be one to watch. Uh, can Landon Akers take a step? He's going to be the backup at the M, M position, but he's kind of the main guy there, um, Joe Skates. Um, but I think it, it, you can't ignore the tight end position because I think it's possible that two of those guys could be 20-plus catch guys, and obviously that will take targets away from the receivers. So that's maybe the biggest question offensively for, for me is uh, how do they spread the ball around because they've got a lot of guys, but we don't know exactly where the targets are going to go yet. 114 starts returning along the offensive line, yet even with that, it's never felt like this has been a dominant offensive line. What's it going to take in your mind to take that next step, to be not just an experienced offensive line, but a very good one. Yeah, they have two positives working for them. One is the, the number you threw out, 114 career returning starts. I think they're the second most experienced offensive line in terms of career starts in college football. Experience obviously doesn't help so or it doesn't hurt, so that's one big positive for them. The second big thing is continuity. This is a group, at least, that they're going to run out in the first practice. That five-man group has started the last 11 games for Iowa State, so they've played together. They've played next to each other, and that's one of the biggest things probably with an offensive line is getting used to the guys next to you and kind of knowing how, how they work. And so they've got those two things working for them. I think they've got to be consistently imposing their will. Matt Campbell said he thought the Alamo Bowl was the first time since he's been here that an out, that an offensive line of his has imposed their will on another defense. Uh, obviously the false starts killed them, but he thought just in terms of offensive line play, you know, moving guys, you know, they took a step. I talked to Jeff Myers recently, the offensive line coach, and he said they, they've, gotten bigger uh they're deeper they're probably could go at least eight deep when you look at backups like joey ramos trevor downing robert hudson sean foster started seven games and he's one of their backups um so they feel like they they can switch guys in and out if there's injuries a lot more than years past so i think they've got some things working for them but they've got to be more consistent i think that that's mainly in the run game they've got to be able to uh move guys better they've got to do some things with pulling uh because i think their pass blocking has been pretty okay 
the last couple of years. Alex Halstead, Cyclone Alert is our guest, part of Twenty Four Seven Sports. Uh, Connor Sally's going to be uh, he's, he's he's going to get his job once again this year. He was perfect from the uh, inside the twenty, uh, five of eight uh, from the th- uh, in the, from the uh, between the thirties, uh, and then from forty yards pl- uh, uh, in between the forty and forty nine, only two for six. Two out of six, ironically, is one kick 50-plus he makes. Uh, but consistency, the, I think you need more from a Sally in consistency-wise, and that's something I'm sure I'm certain that he's probably worked on this offseason. Yeah, I think the, the number one thing you want to see from an Iowa State kicker, and, and Iowa State fans can tell you this from, from years prior to Matt Campbell or even his first year, is you want to make the extra points. He was very good there. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, I think they, they want to continue to extend his range. He's got another two years on Iowa State, so he's probably the guy moving forward. Their big leg kicker is Braden Narvison, a, a kid that redshirted last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can come on because he's, he's kind of the, the guy with the best leg. Um, I don't know if they would do a situation where kind of a Sally's their short guy and then uh, Narvison is the guy if they, they get into the mid to deep 40s or in the 50s. But, you know, obviously they, they like to not to be kicking that long of field goals. Like you said, they only kicked six last year. But I think, you know, if they can keep him, you know, 42 in, he seems to be pretty good. And I think that's kind of the key. But it would be nice for them if he could continue to extend that range. But I think, number one, he's got to make his PATs. And I think that's an area where they were pretty good last year. Alex Holstead joining us. Cyclone Alert on Miller and Condon KXNO. Alex uh, got a kick last night. I was bouncing around your website. And as I did, found an article you wrote yesterday about the player ratings for former Iowa State players in Madden 20. I'm sure people, I mean, I know the release of Madden is right here upon us, and people are excited about that. A lot of people enjoy your article talking about the former Cyclones and how they stack up, including David Montgomery, just a 71 this year in Madden. Yeah, sometimes I like to, at the end of the month, do some different random things, and uh, that was one of them. I think some of our other sites did it at 24-7 Sports, mm-hmm. and they actually got quite a bit of feedback in terms of just fans thought it was just interesting to look at. and It's certainly a discussion point right before we get started with real football talk like we're doing right now so montgomery yeah 71 he, he did a little video with ea sports that it was he, he would have picked himself as a 93 so maybe <laughs> it's a little bit disrespectful but uh he got a good agility i think he's like an 85 agility which seems pretty decent yeah that seems to fit his mold of being that shifty guy and uh, i think i wrote in that article if fans want to they've now got david montgomery uh alan was already in a key butler in the game they could maybe try to recreate iowa state's uh 2017 offense a little bit if they make some trades. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. You've never played Madden before? I've never played Madden. Uh. I played one video game in my life. I had one game of Pac-Man in 1981. That was it. <laughs> Cost me a quarter. I never put another quarter in the machine. You're missing out. <laughs> uh, last thing, Alex. Uh, who was it in Dallas that you're going to try and track that, that, that that's a must for you to track down today? Who do you want to interview that you haven't had a chance to? Yeah, when we get out to the field here soon, uh, the, the big thing for me is the young guys because we... We're going to get throughout the next couple of weeks the, the main guys at each position, the Brock Purdy's. You know, I'll try to talk to him today, obviously. But, like, the, the tight ends, the main stars, like Creek Milton, Desante Jones. And so, today for me, it's getting guys like uh, like Sean Shaw Jr., Joe Skates, uh, Will McDonald, guys that we haven't talked to yet that I think are going to be guys that could pop up this season. So, that's kind of my focus is when, when you get to media day is try to get some of the assistants and then also some of those young guys. And I'm really interested to see uh, what those three in particular have to say because I think Shaw, Skates, and and obviously McDonald at the CM linebacker spot. Those three guys, all freshmen, but uh, they could be big parts of this 2019 season. Alex, you're a Twins fan like myself. Takeaway after the trade deadline, Twins still in first place. 
as uh, they beat Miami. Still four games up on the Indians. They get some bullpen help. Sergio Romo comes in. Dyson yesterday. Your takeaway, how excited are you for this team? And do they have enough to uh, maybe win a series come American League playoff times? Yeah, yeah they needed to make a, a, some moves in their bullpen. They did that the last week or so. So that's a big positive. You know, it's been kind of interesting to watch this get down to, I think, a one-game lead, and now it's starting to inch back up. But, uh, you know, it was a month or two ago. It was 12 games, and it felt pretty good. And now all of a sudden it, it doesn't feel quite as secure. But I think they can, they can win a game with, with – uh, or win a series with kind of what they have, but it all obviously depends on the matchups because you saw what Houston did yesterday. I was going to say, did they, they draw Houston? <laughs> yeah, they've, they've got a pretty good one, two, three punch. So if, if you draw someone like that in a, in a short playoff series, that's pretty difficult. But they at least made some moves and, and look like they can compete if those two guys pan out in the bullpen. Alex, thank you for giving us a few minutes on a busy day for you. 24-7 sports, CycloneAlert.com. We'll have complete coverage of Iowa State Football Media Day uh, up later on in the day. Alex, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Alex Halstead, 24-7 sports. Trends, we said earlier, I, I like the Dyson pickup. I thought that's as good a relief pickup as Maybe anybody made? I think so. Yeah, there, there were bigger names that were out there yeah, and but talked he's, he, about. People don't know him. Yes. It was the guy that I brought up to you when we were uh-huh. talking about all those bullpen yes, arms did. with the Giants. And I said, if they're not going to get a Giles, they're not going to get a Yates. They're not Giles get, is hurt, by the way. They're Typical. not going to get those top-end, though, closer types. Dyson was mm-hmm. a guy that I was very hopeful for. It wouldn't take a ton, and they did. I'm excited. Bring out the Yankees. Yeah, bring, bring, on, on, the bring Yankees. on the Yankees. That's who you want. You don't want the Astros. No. Um, it's funny how it works. You know, I was thinking about you at 315 when there still had been no news on the Twins. Yes. And how about Tommy Birch breaking the story? Yes. Beating all the Minnesota media, Birchy. all those Twins people. A Birch bomb. Glad you reminded me to <laughs> yes. say that. Or you brought it up. Uh, I thought the exact same thing. He was first. He was first. Good for you, Tommy Birch. I was uh, listening, uh, streaming a little K-Fan yesterday afternoon, hearing what they said, and it was great hearing Birchie's Dave there talking about... uh, Oh, they gave him credit. This guy from the Des Moines Register. He's the one that had it first. He did. I was reading a national article, first reported by Tommy Birch of the Des Moines Register. It was really cool. That is really neat. We'll take a time out. Stanford Steve is going to join us next inside sports wagering with uh, a guy who's really have, making a nice living uh, mm-hmm. at ESPN. Uh, we'll talk to Stanford Steve in the 11 o'clock hour. More Big 12 conversation. Chris Level. Uh, he covers Texas Tech. Uh, he's the Eric Heft of Texas Tech. I want, I'm looking forward to getting his perspective on the conference overall. And then Mark Morehouse on the Hawks. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460K.org. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Appropriate song. Guy knows a little something about getting. I, I know tickets. you're looking forward to picking his brain. He's yes. Stanford Steve Coglin, ESPN. Thank you to our friend Zubin Mahente, who we have on a weekly basis for facilitating this. Stanford Steve, my name is Ken Miller. My partner is uh, Degenerate Trent Condon. Uh, good to speak with you, Stanford Steve. How are you? Absolutely. Uh, sorry it's taking so long. Uh, Vacays and going. Zubin hit me up a while ago. 
saying you guys wanted to have me on, and uh, definitely down for it. Excited to talk to you guys. Well, appreciate you coming on. So, you know, it's a right place, right time, right? And it's a great time for what you do to, you know, to really have your foothold or get your foot in the door a few years ago before the uh, sports wagering just exploded as it has with more and more states coming on and certainly looks to maybe double that number as, as early as next year. But a great time for you, Steve, because uh, you're a wanted man there now. And, you know, when you're sitting beside Van Pelt and you and the Bear doing these podcasts, sports wagering really grabbing a big foothold, and you're in the right place to do so. Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate. Uh, a while back when we started Scott's Personalized Sports Center, he told me he wanted me to come along for the ride, and he said we were going to do things like bad beats, and we were going to do winners, and we were going to do where in the world is an SVP, and uh, it's a tribute to him, man. He said we were going to do these things, and it was part of the deal, I guess, that, you know, to get, away, get him away from radio, that he wanted to make sure that we, uh, you know, were the main footprint of, and we were, we are, and we look forward to still being it. Are you surprised, Steve, um, just how quickly these states seem to be lining up to get on board, and, and the leagues as well? I mean, it was such a no-no for the NFL, and you, know, you really got, got to give credit to the NBA who seemed to be on Front Street with this, but are you surprised as many states are rushing to get sports passed in their respective states? No, no. I look at it as free money. Who doesn't want free money? Um, you, you, you look at the opportunity the leagues have, the states have. I mean, Connecticut just, uh, they're just, uh, passed something here that the governor's got to think about. He's not going to think about it too long because it's going to help out everything financially and it's going to help out his image most importantly. You know, that's what the politicians really care about, right? Mm-hmm. They want to be looked at in good light. So, um, I, I it doesn't surprise me at all. It, it, what surprises me is how oblivious people in such high-ranking offices in pro sports have been for so long. You know, it's everyday life. You know, water cooler talk, I would imagine in the office is, you know, tonight they're talking preseason NFL. The real degenerates are punk because <laughs> right. real degenerates love betting preseason football. I'm in tonight. I, I'm absolutely in, and I'm going money line. <laughs> I'm going with Atlanta because... I have to bet this game because I have a problem. Stanford Steve from ESPN joining us here. Steve, uh, with that and just gambling as a whole, and your your role going from the radio side to Sports Center. As Scott Van Pelt made the move, you came along with him. You are not a guy that you see a whole lot wearing a suit and tie. <laughs> you wear jerseys uh-huh. on the year. That changed that transformation from the radio side to the TV side. How much pullback did you have? Say, hey, Steve, dress up a little bit here. You're on Sports Center. Or was that all part of it when you guys came together saying, you're still going to be yourself, you're going to be Stanford Steve? Uh, it's still ongoing, I would say, mm-hmm. but I just had an idea. Um, I know how I know from the radio days how much the small schools love getting love. I know how you much know. they love being on top ten. Um, I love, you know, being able to wear their T shirt, uh, and, and, and give them some love, you know, as they should get. Like, you know, I'm 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 a I like to consider myself a man of the people, man. I don't. There's only certain uh, people that aren't getting resent, uh, represented, and those are arch enemies and arch nemesis. So I, I try and give love to everybody. It seems pretty receptive. People seem to like it. Um, I did a show yesterday that people were saying it seems like I'm making T-shirts on TV. Cool, but uh, hmm. people have done that before me. 
I'm just kind of everybody. Uh, uh, Steve, we two weeks from today, actually, the curtain goes up here in uh, our fine state, the state of Iowa. Uh, 18 of the 19 casinos will offer sports wagering as early as two weeks from today. So what would you tell them? Uh, a piece of advice, you know, early, early college football, early NFL futures. Of course, you can pounce on them. You'll be able to pounce on them here in our state two weeks from today. Uh, some advice for early season in college and early season in the NFL. Well, my number one rule, I think it's kind of changed now, is because everybody, you know, with their guy, their local bookie, their, their friend who had a friend. And my number one rule always, don't bet any money you don't have. But now, at going to the casino, if you want to bet, you better have that money up front because that's what you're going to lay it down to get it back. So I got to start rethinking. When you look at big picture things, I'm not a big favorites guy. Right. Um, I, I, you know, we talked uh, daily wage yesterday. We talked uh, uh, Caesar's release. Um, yes, for NBA teams, and you know, I think um, the Cavs were were plus thirteen hundred to make the playoffs. Like that's a fun bet if you want to. You know, you never know what's going to happen there with such young talent and John Beeline coming in. Like if you want to take a shot on a big gamble with a little money, you know, we call pizza money uh, tied up. Um, you know, you go for the long shot, but laying down, I just saw, uh, somebody took a bet on the Clippers to make the playoffs. They took a hundred thousand to win 2000 or something like that. Like who, who, like that, that they, those people should live on another planet. Like, I don't know. I can't even talk those numbers. So, um, it all depends. Do you want to get that quick fix? Because everybody's got it now. Is You know, you can bet baseball right now. We got one o'clock game starting. Is there going to be a run in the first inning? Or do you want to bet a future? Do you want to bet a Super Bowl? Um, it's, it's, it's for whatever, whatever is your liking. If you find your money for a little bit, you know what? You like the future play. I, every pro season, I always pick three or four teams and throw, uh, an, you know, something on their season over, uh, win total. So that's what I've been still studying for, or for college, what I've really been on college. And I've looked a little bit at the NFL. I always do my college stuff first and then let the NFL matriculate in because you get, I get beat over the head with NFL stuff walking down the hallways at work. Um, it, it's everywhere so much because it's such a, a big priority as sports fans. So most of my time right now is on the sport, on the college game. Well, we know your love of college football and you and the Bear, Chris Felica, get together for a podcast during the season. I listen to it. It's a part of the week routine, certainly for me. As you said, you, you like to dig a little bit deeper, go after those underdogs, and maybe find a, a deep money line play that's out there, too. You're going off the board in the Big 12 this year. Speaking of futures, though, you like Iowa State this year. How much do you like the Cyclones? I love Cyclones. I absolutely love it. You look at the and you look at the moves that Campbell has made. For some reason, and I, 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 I would love to be able to sit down and talk with them, but the way they have played defense in a league, where there isn't much of defense. Mm-hmm. They just have an idea. Of, they, they never get beat by a big play. They always feel like they're keeping things in front of them. And I just love that aspect because when you look at teams and quarterbacks up and coming and all these risk takers and gamblers and, you know, slingers, whatever you want to call them, they don't have the patience to dink and dunk the ball down the field anymore. It, 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 that's not the way the game is played. And I just really think that's the patience of these young quarterbacks that he's going to face in the Big 12. And 
when you look on the other side of the ball, you know, Purdy's got you know as much experience needed. Um, you know, threw him to the fire last year, and look what he did. I think the schedule lines up really well. Uh, he's got three tight ends I read that are all over six. I think that could really help the run game, and I know everybody's worried about Montgomery. That whole line comes back, so I'll take the old line back with a couple different backs, um, you know, opposed to a one running back guy. So I really, really like what what Campbell has lined up for this season in Ames. All right, uh, here's a here's a tougher question for you. Help us out with the Big Ten West, which is a complete crapshoot. I'm with Man. you. I can't bet favorites. That's why I'm going to take the Gophers to win it this year. I think they're legit, and I think I'm going to get a run for my money. How do you see the Big Ten West? It's funny. Uh, Felica and I are going to talk about this on Daily Wager today. Uh, we found odds. Uh, I think FanDuel had them on Big Ten West to, to make the Big Ten title game from the West. Uh, Wisconsin's the favorite. Nebraska's everybody's fan favorites right there. And then Minnesota's right there. And when I look at the rosters, first and foremost, just looking at it, I think I like Minnesota the best. They have the whole offensive line back. They have both quarterbacks back with experience. Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, the, the secondary hasn't all played together, but they have plenty of talent, and they've been ravaged by injuries yep. there. So I, I, I don't mind the Minnesota play. The problem is, is you just feel like a dummy going against right. Wisconsin because <laughs> they're not going to have another year like they did last year. Um, Iowa's the outlier to me. Uh, when I look at things, you know what they're going to be. Uh, quarterback's back. The reason I didn't like Iowa last year, they had nobody behind Stanley. If he got hurt last year, they had nobody with any experience. So that kind of scared me off. But then I look at Iowa in those crossover games. I mean, they got beat over the head by the conference. Does anybody? I mean, they got Penn yep. State and they got Michigan, right? Yep. So Nebraska gets Ohio State at home. I just feel like it's too soon with Nebraska. It's not that Lamar. And then listen, uh, Nebraska offense coordinator Troy Walsh is one of my best friends. I played football with him at Stanford, roommates, the whole nine yards. Um, I, I don't think it can happen as fast in the Big Ten as it did in the American at UCF. So, but I'll tell you right, no one wants to play them because of how, how scary they are with, with that talent. Um, so, I, Minnesota, I, I mentioned, uh, oh, the other team is Northwestern. Yeah. I mean, I know they won all those close games last year, but this quarterback coming in could be <laughs> better than Thorson was. Mm-hmm. So, when you factor that in, I'm scared to death of what they're going to look like because you don't know what they're going to look like, and they go to Palo Alto week one. So, I, I mean, Northwestern's sitting there at 7-1 to one to win the West. I would probably take a shot with them, knowing how good Fitzgerald has been with his mantra of keep it close and see what happens. Indeed. Stanford, Steve, listen, we're out of time. Congratulations on your oh. success. Thank you very much for giving us a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. Thanks again. Good to talk to you. Stanford, Steve. As uh, he joins the program here, you can see him with Van Pelt. You can see the hear the podcast, him and the bear. 11 o'clock hours next. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.